Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience, featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Tom Guinan, and I want to welcome you to the August 23rd episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Today, I'm joined by Cheyenne Denham, and she's going to give us a recap of the grain markets this week. Cheyenne? Sure thing, Tom. Corn lost about three cents today with September futures ending at 3.59 and three quarters. That was down 11 cents for the week. December futures ended the day at 3.67 and three quarters, and that was down 13 cents from last Friday's close. Switching over to soybeans, those were down 12 cents today with November futures ending at 8.56 and a half, and that was down over 23 cents for the week. Well, for the big story this week, topping my list is the Pro Farmer Tour. A lot of times we see a little bump in Chicago attributed to their findings, but this year I don't think we really saw that. As you just highlighted, the board just kind of worked lower throughout the week. We did have a couple of days with a positive close, but the red days certainly outweighed them. As I looked at some of the crop district data for Iowa, there were some that stood out as an increase from last year, but this appears to be due to lower yields last year in those areas and a return to a more normal pattern this year. For the state of Iowa, Pro Farmer is showing about a 3% decrease in corn yields from last year, which is right in line with USDA's uh, decrease on yield as well. In Minnesota, they're showing a 5% decrease in corn yields, and USDA is also showing a 5% decrease. And Tom, just to give our listeners an idea of the final findings from that tour, Pro Farmer came out today calling for a 13.358 billion bushel corn crop using 163.3 bushels an acre. And that compares with the USDA using 169.5 bushels an acre and giving us a 13.9 billion bushel corn crop. So pro farmers calling it a little lower than USDA at this point. I know there are a lot of people out there that want to use pro farmer numbers instead of the USDA's, but the big takeaway is that most traders look at the percentage changes instead of just the underlying raw data. The bottom line is that the pro farmer found what the trade was expecting. For soybeans, their findings were a little off from the USDA info. In Iowa, they are showing a 6% decrease year on year, while USDA is showing a 4% decrease. In Minnesota, pro farmer is calling for a 12% decrease, while the USDA is estimating a 9% decrease. Yeah, Tom, looking at those final numbers from the Pro Farmer Tour on soybean production, they're estimating a three and a half billion bushel crop, and that's using 46.1 bushels an acre. So just a reminder, the USDA is estimating using a 48 and a half bushel per acre number, and that puts their production out at 3.68. So a little bit of a difference there when we look at what Pro Farmer saw versus what USDA is thinking. So with that, let's get into the bull bear factors, and we'll start with corn, and Cheyenne, you get the short straw. I guess you got bull factors this week. Or is it more like a bull factor? The only thing I think that could move the market higher at this point is some sort of major issue to a large percentage of the corn acres. While we've had some excessive rain and strong winds in parts of Iowa and elsewhere, it's not been enough to drastically impact the overall production numbers. So I think it's going to come down to adverse weather across the Midwest in the next few weeks. And with that said, I don't know of anyone that would hope for major flooding, widespread hail, or an early hard freeze at this point. For now, let's hope for good yields everywhere possible and then look for bullish info after harvest. Yeah, I definitely feel for those folks looking for positive news in the face of so much negative news lately. Today, we heard that the Chinese are considering more retaliatory tariffs. And then mid-morning, President Trump made the news with a barrage of tweets about the U.S. not needing China. Other bear factors include export sales for old crop and new crop, the low market expectations, 
conditions, good corn crops in the Black Sea region, strength in the U.S. dollar, making us a little more uncompetitive for U.S. corn, potential for an increase in corn production in South America, more weakness in the ethanol industry, and finally an assumption that corn acres in the U.S. will increase next spring. I think all of those things will really keep a lid on corn prices for quite a while. For soybeans on the bull side, low pod counts on the Pro Farmer Tour is one of the factors we can discuss. Will this mean a lower than expected production number for beans as we move through harvest due to so many being planted late? Actually, a little side story there, Tom. Um, I was visiting with one of my 85-year-old farmers yesterday, and he was talking about how some of his fields near his house are looking really tall, but whenever he goes out there and is actually looking for the pods and everything, he thinks they're pretty thin. So he was kind of mentioning some previous years where we saw this. And so a little bit of a historical story there that I, I find this kind of believable. Um, so so a lot of plant, not a lot of production. Tall plants, but okay. not a lot of pods on those tall plants. So just because you're driving by a field and it looks good from far away doesn't necessarily mean that's the case when you get up there. So just something to think about. You know, these, these tours are going out in the fields and looking and checking, not just driving around and going what they see from the roadside. Again, the only thing that I can see that can push prices higher is a major weather event impacting yield. Once we get past Labor Day, I think everyone will be looking at those 10 to 14 day weather forecasts on the daily, if not an hourly basis. How soon we will see a forecast with lows below freezing and how widespread of an area will that cover? Those are going to be the main things we're watching for. And and I think, Cheyenne, you know, on the bear factors, I think I could create a long list of bear factors on beans as well. The ongoing issues with China, the lack of an agreement yesterday with Japan, major concerns about the U.S. and the worldwide economies going into this week's G7 summit, etc., etc. But the main one continues to be that massive carryout on soybeans that we're all expecting at the end of the current crop year. Whether that number is just above or just below a billion bushels, I think that's going to severely impact the ability for soybean prices to rally anytime soon. So jumping into why this all matters, you know, Tom, I think for a lot of farmers right now, they feel like USDA is a four-letter word, but we are going to receive an MFP payment. And I hear you have a little side story analogy here. I think I, I want to preface it by saying it's kind of a crude analogy, but I was talking to a, another grain buyer in another co-op uh, the other day, and he said he was talking to a farmer, and they and the, the guy brought up that he was going to receive this MFP payment, and he knew it was only going to be half at this point, and maybe we'll get the other half later, but he was kind of asking this grain buyer, he said, you know, I've, I've been thinking, you know, what should I do, buy a new pickup or get some new jet skis or, you know, for the lake house or what? And the guy said, you know, can I just ask you a question? And, and they had a, a conversation, and he said the question he asked him was, you've got a, a son that's going off to college this year, right? It's his first year at, at, at state school, and you're going to send him down there, and you're going to write a check for his tuition and his books and his board and all that, and you're going to send him down there to school. And he said, now, how would you feel if after that first semester you find out he didn't go to one class, he partied all the time, he was drunk every day, and had really nothing to show for it? And he said, now, let's talk about that MFP payment, okay? I don't want you to be irresponsible with that money is what I'm trying to say. I think you really need to put those dollars towards your marketing. That's what the money is for. Use it in your mind somehow on paper to help you do a better job at marketing or help you get to a better number on the gross dollars per acre, however you want to do that. We talked last week about the guy I talked about that said, you know, he's going to put all those dollars to soybeans this year, not to corn. And I just think that's something that while that may be a little crude for an analogy, I thought that really kind of puts it in perspective for me. 
Thanks, Tom. I, I can definitely see the point there in that story, you know, and especially the in part there where we talked about, you know, putting that payment towards the soybean prices. I think we've had some good pricing opportunities for corn up until this point. Obviously, we're having a little bit of a tough time now, but that MFP payment's really going to help you offset these lower soybean prices. So just don't forget about it when you're calling in to check those prices and thinking about Ford marketing. Don't give up on the Ford marketing with the hopes that we're going to see those more normal prices come up because it might not happen anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. And that was his point is even if you only get half of that money, if you put all of those dollars, say you're a 50-50 farmer and you put all your MFP payments toward your soybean marketing, that could get you to a level where you're thinking cash prices aren't great, but maybe I can make it through another year. Good advice there. So on our what to watch for and our upcoming events, as mentioned previously, any forecasts that call for an early frost, freeze, anything coming out of the G7 summit, is it going to be positive or negative? More private crop tours. The pro farmer crop tour is the big one that many people pay attention to, but there are others to watch for as well. And we actually have one of our GMAs slated to go on a crop tour right after Labor day and any and all announcements with regard to this u.s and china relations it's going to affect the market fast and potentially for a short period of time so be ready to move whether it's one way or the other so i didn't have time to get our tweet of the week this week but i did have a chance to pull up a this day in history a little early to be talking about snow and snow tires and snow prep and everything but on this day in 1904 harry d weed out of new york filed the patent for snow chains that go on your tires. So kind of interesting fact there, how long those have been around and how early we were thinking about snow that time of year. And then um, for a fun little holiday, Tomorrow is National Waffle Day, so if you have a little time there, get out the waffle maker, have a good breakfast. Those sound great. Uh, That's uh, the big thing at our house when the grandkids are around. I need to uh, make waffles for them every morning, so maybe uh, even though they're not with us tomorrow, maybe I'll pull out the waffle maker anyway. So thanks for that, Cheyenne. In conclusion, we want to just say thanks for joining us for the Bull Bear Banter as part of the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast. We look forward to your comments and questions. Just drop an email to podcast at landiscooperative.com. Our tagline, bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. Thank you for listening, and we'll both be back next week. Mm-hmm.